Hi there and welcome to Sports Day On Air powered by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Dana Larson and our guests today are Rangers beat writer Evan Grant who's busily working as we speak right now and columnist Rick Goslin. Goose and Evan, great to have both of you here with us. Uh, well, it's official. A star is born. We discuss that as well as welcome back an ace, say hello to a new stadium and goodbye to a Super Bowl in North Texas. Can we do all that in 30 minutes? We better get after it. And to set the tone for the show, we start with opening shots. You guys ready for this? Goose, I hope you're ready because you are up first. What's on your mind this week? Well, Ronald Leary wants out of Dallas. He's, he started 35 games at guard over the last four seasons, but he can read the writing on the wall. The future at the position is Zach Martin and Leo Collins and not Ron Leary. So he wants out. Do the Cowboys accommodate him, get a, a late round draft pick in return, or do they hold on to him? Okay, very good. We will hit on that a little later on. We're going to hear from Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett on that topic as well. Evan, how about you? Well, Dana, I'm going to see how many different officials from how many different municipalities I can get angry at me <laughs> with a little bit of commentary on the ballpark in Arlington, the soon-to-be <laughs> roof, and why that stadium should be in Dallas, why it's not in Dallas, and why it should be tied to a downtown community. Okay, okay, very good. Wow, I'm looking forward to that, I believe. Let's start, however, uh, with the big news this week, and that is that you Darvish will be back this weekend, making his first major league start since August of 2014. It's coming Saturday against Pittsburgh and Evan. What should we expect to see from you Darvish? Well, I think the most important thing at this point is that the Rangers are going to take every step that they can to ensure that whatever you see of you Darvish now, you're going to get to see a lot more of later in the season. So he'll be on a pitch count, I imagine, for the first couple of starts. Uh, they've only indicated the first start for sure. He'll be about 85 to 90 pitches. If you base that on where Darvish's typical pitches per innings have been, that probably takes you about five innings through. The Rangers would love to get six innings out of him. What they've asked you to do more of this year is throw more fastballs, try and get quicker outs. Don't worry so much about setting up strikeouts. If he does that, he's got the chance to maybe pitch a little bit deeper into games early in this in this kind of monitored pitch count area. What are your expectations for you, Darvish? Well, what's exciting is, you know, when you come off Tommy John, you're going to see the best of you, Darvish, in 2017. I mean, you're going to get a snapshot of what he is, but when he gets back another spring training at full health, then you're going to see a dominating top of a rotation with Hamels and Darvish. No doubt. Everybody uh, looking forward to the two of those at the top of their game, and we get our first look at it uh, coming up this weekend. Well, earlier in the week, the Rangers were forced to send uh, two players to the disabled list. Shin Su Chu returned for a few innings on Friday before straining his hamstring. A few innings was all they got from Chu. Uh, and then Drew Stubbs, uh, a little bit later on in that game, stubbed his pinky toe and also will be unavailable for 15 days. In corresponding moves, the Rangers called up their number one prospect, according to MLB.com, Joey Gallo, and his teammate in Round Rock, Jared Hoying. So uh, that was a lot on the transaction file this week, certainly. And looking at Chu, Evan, sustained now several leg injuries since signing with the Rangers. How troubling is this in your mind for a player who's in his 30s now? Well, the, the first leg issues that he had were, were more ankle and structural issues. These two issues have been soft tissue issues. Uh, calf injuries are notorious among athletic trainers for being 
real hard to get a feel for when exactly guys are capable of coming back. Chu passed every protocol, seemed to be in line, but the question does linger. Did he try and favor the calf a little bit or compensate for the calf, and did that cause the hamstring injury? The underlying, beneath all that, Dana, is this. He's 32. You start to wonder every time that a guy ends up with some kind of soft tissue injury, is their body in decline? Is the performance in decline? I think for now, you have to give it the benefit of the doubt and say this was just an overcompensation. Based on what we saw at the second half of last year, this was a guy who really had control of the strike zone and, and really was starting to get confident again. Well, based on what we have seen now in just a few weeks, the 21-year-old who has replaced him in right field, uh, Nomar Mazzara, is officially ready to be a superstar. Uh, I sort of said that at the top of the show, a star is born. I don't know if I'm getting carried away here in Mazzara fever or not. Goose, are you getting carried away in it? Uh, about a month ago. <laughs> you Kevin, were there. I, I saw what I needed to see when he first came up. This, this kid is special and he's getting better, it seems, by the day. You know, he's had Titanic shot uh, in, in the Wednesday game, and it's, he's a special kid, and I think the longer he plays, he's, he's got Mike Trout potential. Mike Trout potential. Where are you on this uh, Mazzara fever? Well, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, I will say that Nomar Mazzara is the best hitting prospect the Rangers have ever had come through the system. Uh, if you look at the guys that he's been compared to, and I've done some of the comparisons, Ruben Sierra and Juan Gonzalez, this guy's strike zone judgment is far advanced over where Sierra and Juan were when they came up. He has got great ability to, to judge the strike zone. Uh, we are now seeing him start to face teams a second time, and their pitcher should have some degree of a book on him, and the Angels haven't figured him out yet. So I, I think we're seeing a guy who is ahead of the curve in terms of his, his judgment of the strike zone and in his ability to make adjustments to opposing pitchers. This is a special talent and probably the best hitting prospect or the most ready hitting prospect among all the Rangers that have ever come through here to, to succeed in the big leagues. Well, and last year we were wondering if that would be the case for, for Joey Gallo, who fairly or unfairly is, is being compared in this situation just because he was up last year, well, had Joey the power had the strikeouts though as well and not the recognition and from everybody loves the, the home run that's what it comes down to is everybody loves the home run and Joey's got more consistent monster power than Mazzara but we just saw Mazzara on Wednesday afternoon hit a 490 foot home run into the upper tank he hit an upper, uh, upper deck home run on, on Tuesday night as well he's got legitimate power but Joey's got more of that constant ooh and ah when he does make contact what no more has is he's a more advanced hitter than Joey was. They're two different types of hitters. Joey's made a lot of progress this year, too. I, I just think that they're different types of hitters. And Joey Gallo is up right now. What do you think we uh, should be expecting out of him during this stint? With well, I want to see the grasp of the strike zone. You know, last year he came up, he went up, and he came down fairly quickly. Mazzara's gone up. He hasn't come down yet. And I, and I think Evan's right, you know, he, he's got to get a better grip on the strike zone. And when he has, when you cut the strikeouts out and long homers are still there, then he's a big league prospect. Well, he has a, a little time left to continue to make an impact while he is here. And at Mazar, I don't think there's any turning back at this point for him. Coming up a little later, we'll talk about the lights out performance of Sam Dyson since ascending to the Rangers closer role. But coming up next, the Rangers seem destined for a new stadium. What was behind the decision and was it the right one? We'll discuss that when we return.
On Tuesday, the Arlington City Council voted unanimously to place on the November 8th ballot the billion-dollar stadium deal to replace the existing Globe Life Park. Here's what Rangers co-owner Ray Davis and Arlington's mayor Jeff Williams had to say at the time the deal was first proposed. Texas Live is going to include a world-class entertainment venue, much like the St. Louis Ballpark Village, along with a 300-room upscale hotel, which has been the vision of our community for decades to get developed. We have achieved the first step with the agreement to develop and build Texas Live Hotel, and construction will start the next few months. We see a new ballpark as a next step to create a world-class entertainment district in Arlington. The renderings are beautiful. It's an exciting idea, but a lot of people asking why. Why did a new stadium need to be proposed in the first place? Evan, why is that? Well, I think the new stadium needed to be proposed because this stadium was built with the idea that a roof wasn't necessary and wasn't built with the idea that let's take a forward-looking approach and at least make this building kind of economically feasible to retrofit when roof technology did become more more efficient and so here we are sitting 22 years later it's too hot for most people to go to the ballpark it's unpleasant it's uncomfortable uh, that is a big reason why a lot of people either keep their their attendance to games at a minimum or don't go at all there are other problems that are involved which i think goes back to the the whole idea of the location because there is no mass transit. It is a hike for just about everybody to get to, and you're not connected to any kind of, of, of real legitimate downtown. Functionally, this ballpark is a beautiful ballpark. It needed a roof and it needed air conditioning. Where it was built, that's a matter of great debate. Where do you fall on that debate as well? Because uh, were you surprised that it is going to stay in Arlington and not end up in Dallas? Yeah, I think I think if Jerry Jones had his druthers, he would have had the Cowboys Stadium uh, in Dallas. I think uh, baseball-wise, where you have mass transit, I think it's it's better off being a downtown stadium. It's not, you know. I'm, but I will say this: San Diego can't couldn't get a stadium built. Uh, Oakland can't get a stadium built. The city of Arlington has spent in the last 25 years. $250 billion to build three stadiums now. I mean, this guy, why don't the Raiders and the Chargers move here? This is gonna be the greatest sports city in America. Hmm. But to, to ask your people to continue to pay for this, I, that's, that's a bit much. This, a, a stadium should have a better shelf life than 22 years. Uh, 22 years when you do look back and, and people still saying Globe Life Park is a jewel. It's beautiful. Uh, it's those, most of those people I'm going to guess are not ones that go there <laughs> on a regular basis. Good point. <laughs> Um, it, it is a beautiful building, uh, but it, it simply isn't functional yeah. in terms of the climate anymore. When it comes down to this club and economic feasibility long term, if it's not connected to mass transit, you're going to limit your ability to have walk-up crowds. You're going to limit your ability to actually pack that stadium night in and night out. If it is not connected to the center of a vibrant downtown, you're going to limit your ability to really tie in with the largest corporations, get corporate sponsorship, big time suite holders. There are a lot of suites at the ballpark in Arlington right now. Now this is a stadium that's got too many suites, but there's a lot of suites that sit empty on a nightly basis. I, can, I, I would go out on a limb to say if that stadium was in downtown Dallas, connected to the, 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 the industry and, and, and ec economy of downtown Dallas, 
you would have a lot better chance at selling those suites on a regular basis. Now, the term walk-up is not applicable to Arlington. you got to get in your car to drive. You can walk up at a downtown stadium where there's mass transit. You, but there's, if you're going to an, an event in Arlington, you have to drive, and that's why that traffic is not. You have to plan a full day. Right. Well, we have reached our second break here on Sports Day on Air. Evan, you didn't exactly make too many people mad, so I feel, feel good about that, that you're going to be okay. We're going to get back out there after that. Coming up a little later, North Texas won't be the site of a Super Bowl until the 2020s. When will we see one here again? Uh, but coming up next, the bullpen blaze has been quelled by the promotion of Sam Dyson to the closer role. How good has the pen been? We have some numbers for you when we return here on Sports Day on Air. Sam Dyson has come on. One-two pitch. Got him swinging. To the plate. Got him swinging. Two-two pitch. Got him swinging. And that is a winner. What a difference a week makes for the Ranger bullpen from shaky to solid in a matter of days and a matter of moves, you could say. Evan, the bullpen really started to find its stride in the latter part here of the month of May. At least it's a it's a short term. It's a short sample size, a small sample size at this point. Is this the long term fix, though, for the bullpen? Well, I think it's the intended long-term fix. I, I don't think Jeff Bannister was going to pull Sean Tollison out of the closers role until he absolutely had to. And after the, the three blown saves in a short period of time, the game-winning grand slam, you had no choice but to pull him out. Sam Dyson profiles a little bit better as a traditional closer because of the 95-plus mile-an-hour velocity that can overwhelm hitters. He's got a sinking fastball that is among the best in Major League Baseball. And after a little bit of a shaky outing the first night as the official closer in Houston, and he admitted afterwards that the adrenaline was pumping a little bit more and it is a little bit different closing games as the closer than just occasionally closing games. His next two saves, 19 pitches, 17 pitches, I'm sorry, 17 pitches in two perfect innings was absolutely dominant. That's the kind of stuff the Rangers are looking for. You still keep Jake Diekman in the eighth inning role, and now you've got Matt Bush has kind of emerged as a real possibility for a seventh inning role. The question I'm going to have about Matt Bush going forward is how durable will he be, you know, when he's asked to pitch on back-to-back -back nights. Well, Matt Bush is a really interesting story, obviously, for many reasons. Where's your confidence yeah, I, level in him? I think he's one of the keys to the bullpen turnaround. All of a sudden, you've got an, an extra arm, a live arm out there you can drop in. You're not, you're not going to overwork Deakman and Dyson uh, every night. You, you, could, you could slip Bush in there, and now that uh, they change roles, Tollison will, will be in the mix, I'm, I'm sure, very quickly here in that 6th, uh, 7th, eighth inning uh, thing. And you get Keela back. It's, this, is, this bullpen... This is going to be very good, very good down the stretch. Do you feel like Sean Tollison will be able to regain not only his confidence, uh, but his, uh, you know, add to his arsenal uh, and make sure that he is still part of one of the winning pieces of this uh, particular bullpen? Well, he did come back on, on Monday night, and it wasn't necessarily in a, in, to protect the lead. He did come back in a game that was still winnable and pitched very effectively. And, and 
you know, I, I do think he's got the tools to be an effective pitcher. I, I, I think that he probably lost a little bit of confidence in that closer's role. I think he was he was trying to do too much in that closer's role. This gives him a little bit of a chance to exhale and, and catch himself. And he was as important a, a reliever as the Rangers had in both 14 and 15. This is a guy who can still play an important part. And with a guy like Matt Bush out there, you've got to have somebody that you can, you know, kind of – give Matt an occasional breather. Matt pitched on back-to-back nights for the first time as a major leaguer Monday and Tuesday, and on Tuesday night, it took him a little bit of time to ramp up his velocity back above 95 miles an hour. So I think there is some question about how will he recover time in and time out if you've got Sean Tolleson to kind of slide in there every once in a while, uh, and also as a six-inning guy on days when your starters are short, you're in good shape. Certainly not how he drew it up, but it could end up being uh, exactly what they need. Break time on Sports Day on Air. When we return, we'll head out to Valley Ranch to get Coach Garrett's thoughts on a player who is currently absent from OTAs. Plus, when will a Super Bowl be played in North Texas again? Our guys weigh in next. That's a contract situation uh, that, that, that he and his agent feel it's best for him to stay away. Uh, we have spoken to him, and at this point, uh, you know, none of the off-season program is mandatory. The only mandatory part of the off-season is the mini-camp uh, at the end of the off-season program. So uh, right now, he's choosing to stay away. Uh, we don't think it's good for him. We don't think it's good for our team, but that's how they're handling the situation right now. Cowboys lineman Ronald Leary has been a no-show for the Cowboys off-season programs, including this week week's OTAs. Also requested a trade, as you heard Jason Garrett there with his thoughts on his absent lineman. Wasn't going to start, I guess, so it's not a potential loss in that light. What about your thoughts, though, on the depth situation now? Well, just because a player wants to be traded doesn't mean you trade him. And the deal with Ronald Leary came here as an undrafted free agent. The reason he was undrafted is he had some knee issues and those knee issues remain you know he's he's still quote-unquote damaged goods now if the Cowboys want to trade him they probably get a late draft pick but here's a guy who started 35 games in the last four years he was part of the best offensive line in football in 2014 a line that helped uh, DeMarco Murray gain 1800 yards why would you give that player away you know you're going to go with uh, Zach Martin and Leo Collins a guard but I think Larry is a valuable depth piece I don't think the Cowboys have a uh, intention right now of trading him away and I think that's why Garrett is a little upset that he's not there I think he figures in their plans you're going to need more than five it's rare like 2014 where all five of those guys were there every week somebody's going to go down and you're going to need a Ronald Larry I do not agree with uh, his his philosophy of let's let's move on let's find someplace we can we can start I think he's his value uh, is going to be here as a backup interesting okay and as we move on now the NFL released its list of the upcoming mm-hmm. Super Bowl cities North Texas isn't among them they didn't even offer a proposal this time around goose surprised uh, there wasn't an effort to pitch a Super Bowl here. No, you had all those new stadiums coming on, and whenever you build a stadium, they promise you Super Bowl. I don't think Jerry Jones wanted to put uh, AT&T Stadium up in, in the loser's bracket. I think if he's going to go over something, he wants to get it. And I, I think he looked at the list and said, this is not my time. I think they're right back in the mix when they open the thing back up again in 2022, 23, 24. They'll get another Super Bowl. This also puts some distance between the debacle the last time they had it. And also, there are a lot more things going on at this park. You know, uh, Final Fours and uh, f- College Football Championship Series, WrestleMania. It's not like this stadium is going to sit empty for the next 10 years. 
I like that in the losers bracket. Jerry Jones doesn't want to stadium in the losers bracket. What do you think, Evan? Well, I, I think the significant thing about all this is that we can safely assume that there will not be an ice storm in Dallas for the next five <laughs> years. So that is good to know that for winter good planning. News. That is good. Uh, I, I agree with Goose in this regard. I, I think that you needed to put probably 10 years behind that debacle because it wasn't just the weather. There were all kinds of other issues involved with, with the Super Bowl that was here. Once you get through that, you've got all these new stadiums coming online. Minneapolis is a new stadium. Atlanta is a new stadium. Los Angeles is a new stadium. Once you get through that, this is still going to be a very attractive place for the NFL to come. And I think as Goose and I talked about before, Jerry can still write big checks to the NFL. And let's face facts. When it comes down to it, the NFL likes big checks. <laughs> big checks, no doubt about it. By the time the Super Bowl is back, the Rangers' new stadium will be old, right? You get that? I don't know. Possible. All right, take a minute to think about that. Coming up, we'll end this week's show with a little rapid fire. Can Jordan Spieth return to form? And have we seen the last of Josh Hamilton? We'll discuss next. Welcome back. Dana Larson, Rick Goslin, and Evan Grant, who's on the edge of his seat now uh, because we are taking home this week's show with a rapid-fire segment. And, uh, Goose, we start up. with you. Is Jordan Spieth suffering a master's loss hangover? No, I think he's working through his game. I mean, he was uh, in second place, two strokes back, uh, heading into the final round the other day. There's, there's nothing wrong with his game. He's working through some things issue-wise, but if he doesn't win every week, there's, we think there's something wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Jordan Speed that he yeah. can be fixed. The bar is so high for that kid, no doubt. Evan, have we seen the last of Josh Hamilton? I'm going to say no. I, I do think that when it's all said and done, the Rangers will go ahead and release him uh, after this season, and they'll create other spots on the roster. But Josh is going to want to play next year, and there's going to be no other options for him to go but to take a minor league contract and try and make good somewhere. Where better for him to be? Here. Okay, finally, Goose, does the rumored shakeup in the Baylor administration end with Ken Starr? It's an athletic department shakeup. I'd be surprised if the AD doesn't come down with him. I think if you just get rid of Ken Starr, you're not addressing the problem. And the problem's in the athletic department. I'd be surprised if, if a coach or two doesn't feel some heat and the AD feel heat. Great stuff. Goose, Evan Grant, excellent. Great to have both of you here with us. Thanks for your time. Thanks to you for watching. I'm Dana Larson. We'll see you next week on Sports Day On Air.